Welcome to the podcast of MotorWeek, television's original automotive magazine. MotorWeek is made possible by TireRack.com, WeatherTech, and by Rainex, Hum by Verizon, and State Farm. Here's your MotorWeek podcast host, John Davis. Thank you, Alec Webb, and welcome everyone to MotorWeek podcast number 194, and a very special podcast it is. We're all fresh back from the 2018 LA Auto Show, and we're going to talk primarily about what was new there. We'll also hit a viewer question, maybe a rant and rave, and... To start, with you, if you watch Motor Week or read any of the press, you know that auto shows seem to be fading into history as far as new vehicle introductions by manufacturers go. That certainly does not seem to have been the case in L.A. for 2018, where basically there were more all-new vehicles introed there than almost any other auto show this year, with the, perhaps the exception of a New York last spring. With that said, we're going to go down a long list. I'm going to turn it over to uh Greg's, uh, Greg, Greg Singhouse. Oh, boy, those of you oh, that are old motorweekers, you really know. Oh, yeah. Greg Carlos and Stephanie Hart, who will be taking the, the lead on the discussions. Brian Robinson is here as well. Hey, and we have Joe Ligo, our producer and our editor and all around. I brought snacks. Yeah, he, That's why I'm here. That's why we keep he, he did the, uh, the catering today. <laughs> I say, who did I forget? I said Stephanie. Uh-huh. All right. Uh-huh. We all you, I'm here. Here we go. Here we go. You got everybody, including people that aren't even amazing. here. I know. I did. Craig Singhouse, where are you? Anyway, 2020 Jeep Gladiator, long-awaited Jeep pick-em-up truck. Greg? That's something that we've all been waiting for for a long time, and I know Joe Ligo is one of those people who's always a fan of the... Hey, Go I, way back to the AMC days and Jeep and everything. I'm all about the Comanche but man, so it's, it's good to see another Jeep with a bed. Yeah. I owned one at Comanche for That's a long right. time. It's exactly what it sounds like. It's a Jeep Wrangler pickup truck. It looks exactly Jeep Wrangler in the front, pickup in the back. I'm four, just a four door Wrangler in the front. Mm-hmm. I'm just glad that my email inbox will be much less busy because like, every day we got spy shot. Now we can see the door handle. Like, <laughs> I mean, here's I jo- the front. I joked with a friend, this truck has been teased for so long, it's going to need a mid-cycle refresh before it even goes on sale. I mean, (laughs) I'm just glad it's finally, finally here. I have to ask you, Stephanie, uh, an awful lot of Jeep Wrangler buyers or women, did the pickup truck interest you, do anything for you? Oh, yeah, I loved it. I would love to to drive it. It had the dirt bikes in the back, and, you know, we we saw it, you know, sort of just um, from the front, the back, all sorts of angles. They had it there in bright orange. So it was really an eye catcher. The lady that it, uh, it got me excited. And I'm like, I can't wait to drive this. Well, that's that's high praise. The lady that uh, watches after uh, our dogs when we're away, she basically is a regular owner, and she's wanted to know about it. How much longer is it? Some of the details that came out about that. It's a six foot bed, and I think it's th- uh, 13 inches longer. Yeah, I, I don't know like the that. exact number. But um, it's a six foot it's, bed. It's, it's significantly longer yeah. looking at it. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. it's very long. Goes on sale. This spring. spring. Yeah. Four-door okay. only or two-door? Uh, four-door only. Yeah, mm-hmm. oh, But okay. they'll probably sell – they sell so many four-door Wranglers. It well, kind of it's 80% or plus of, of the production. But this is this is good news for the people in uh, in uh, uh, Jeep land and, I guess, in Toledo. I say, Toledo is going, going, going to be very, very busy. Yeah. <laughs> okay, move on to uh, another – and the U.S. didn't – the U.S. brands didn't have a lot of uh, new product at L.A., I must say. 
Uh, but a big one, 2020 Lincoln Aviator. Basically, the uh, Lincoln's answer or upgrade of the Ford Edge, but much more. Yeah, it's kind of like a mini Navigator, uh, very similar styling. Uh, it's it certainly you know, is imposing looking. Yeah, it is, and there's a there's it's kind of a polarizing look for some people. I always thought it was a pretty classical luxury look for a car. I don't and think it's all putting anyway. front end on it. Sure, it's got those like thirty way adjustable seats or whatever it is. Um, mm-hmm. Beautiful on the inside. Uh, and a plug in hybrid to boot. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's the interesting one is because you do get the three liter twin turbo V six as standard, which in and of itself, I mean, 400 horsepower and quite a bit of torque um, is, is a nice engine. But then you go up to the hybrid, the plug-in version, and we're talking like 600 pound-feet of torque, which is just massive. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see the take rate on either one. I mean, I'm sure people are still a little bit wary going into uh, yeah. It's, well, it's going to be cost-driven, cost although that vehicle, I'm sure, will be 85% leased. Probably. Yeah, so I, I'm curious because of uh, it's just it's a plug-in hybrid V6, which there aren't many of. I, you mm-hmm. know, the Chrysler Pacifica is the only one I can think of off the top of my head. I'm, I don't know if there's more in the U.S. probably. but From U.S. brands. What about the, uh, the one new piece of technology that seemed to jump out at me, and I'm not sure if it's the first with it, but I think it is. We, the key, no more key Ooh, if you don't yes. want to. You use uh, your phone to unlock the vehicle. I'm glad you brought that up. The, uh, yeah, so instead of using – everybody's going to key fobs now, and Lincoln's going even a step further. Like, well, why don't we just make your phone the key, mm-hmm. which is an interesting idea uh, on the surface. It sounds like a good idea, but I'm curious how it will work in practice. Yeah, the Tesla Model 3 was that way too, right? I think, yes. I think you're you right. do it with your phone? Right. Yeah. I think you're and when right. we And dr- when we tested it, we had problems with it. Right. Uh, yeah, they had to right. use the backup uh, yeah, key you card. Yeah, backup card. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, moving on, um, lots of uh, SUVs besides the a- uh, Aviator, and a big one that people have been talking about for a long time is the return of the Honda Passport for 2019. Comments: This is uh, slotting in in between the Pilot it, and the CRV, and it does exactly that. <laughs> like in style, you're Five looking. Passport. Yeah, I mean it's it is so very Honda in its styling. <laughs> Uh, but which, it's which is what else? What did we say that it's so it's safe? It's safe. It's I mean, if you're into Honda styling, you're gonna like the passport. Uh, one thing I will note is that I sat in the back seat for quite a bit of time because I was there early and uh, a lot of room, like a ton of room, very close to a pilot in that aspect, uh, but also not quite as long or big in any in every dimension. Hmm. I yeah, liked its wheels, standard 20 inch wheels. Dang, that's nice. big for mm-hmm. uh, for a Honda, I think, mm-hmm. is out of the box. It looks like it'll be a huge seller. They haven't had anything in that market uh, actually since the last Passport, which is a long time ago. Yeah, I'm excited to drive it. I'm going to be driving it in January, uh, so I'm looking so forward to that in soon. Utah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Toyota, cool. they've already seen, of course, uh, what, a year ago, the new Corolla uh, generation, but now they made news with a hybrid model. Mm-hmm. Stephanie, mm-hmm. you you were there covering that. Yeah, a lot of excitement. I could couldn't even really get near the vehicle because people were crowding around it. Everyone it was California. Were, they were just thrilled to see this thing. So I drive a Toyota Corolla. So I'll definitely be excited to drive the hybrid and see how it compares. What about the adding all-wheel drive to the Prius, which I think is a long overdue and a, a master Brilliant. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. I, I have a friend who had one for three or four years, and he really, really, really liked it, but he hated driving it in the winter. So this could be like the 
tipping point point for some people True. who want a who want a Prius, but have hesitated because of being scared in the wintertime. Granted, snow tires make a huge difference too. But what about the Rav? Rav there's a Rav Four. Rav Four Highlander, yeah. both of them. That's I, how the all-wheel drive that's works. The same system it's, that they're using in the Rav Four. Yeah, the elect the rear. Rear wheel drive is all electric on those yeah. anyway. There's, There's no so. physical link between yeah. the front and no. the rear. But it does look like the salvation of passenger cars is pretty much going to, certainly anything north of uh, the Carolinas is going to be something with all wheel drive on it. It's certain, I think it'll be a tipping yeah. point for a lot of people. It's a, it's a nice counterpunch to cars like the Ionic or uh, <clears throat> the Insight and, you know, dedicated hybrids. Okay. Subaru also is getting into the hybrid game with the Crosstrek. Uh, now this round is, two. This is a yeah. This is a plug-in hybrid. They're not calling it a plug-in hybrid, but it is a plug-in hybrid. Yeah, I thought that was weird too. Um, yeah, another thing at the show they had it out there, and um, it had they made sure to put the California Clean Air stickers on it yeah. just to, to show off <laughs> what they can do. Uh, but yeah, it's just your run-of-the-mill Crosstrek, which we had as a long term and we like, and now it just gets 17 miles of EV range, I think. Uh, which, which, I mean, yeah. it's not huge these days. It's just kind of like yeah, but that's it's something. But it's you need something. It's, it's significant. It is, know. and most people's uh, commutes are less than 20 miles. In this right, and people think that, you know, it's only good when they're on those 17 miles. But anytime you drive anywhere, you get 17 miles for free, basically. So We found out with all the plugins we get here, you can sort of poo-poo them until you basically take a trip with one. And every time you could do an overnight or something, you charge it back up. And it makes a significant difference that... Uh, last Pacifica hybrid that we had in here, it it showed you know in routine use a big jump in fuel economy over the standard one. So, uh, a car I was impressed with is photographs and also technology wise a new Mazda three. Mazda hasn't given up on sedans. This is a world car for them. It is gorgeous. I think. Looks I a think lot so like a too. Six. Yeah, the hatchback was just really a showstopper. But it's mm. the Sky X engine mm-hmm. that I think has got the tech people like myself interested the first production passenger car engine that uses elements of diesel compression technology so it uses still has spark plugs but doesn't use them all the time i just think of all the millions of dollars that went into develop developing it and you know would have been better spent just adding a battery like Subaru did to the Crosstrek. <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. I mean, that's a very good point. I, I was actually yeah. at a Mazda dealership this weekend, and they were very proud of the fact that Mazda hasn't gone toward battery technology, right. which I thought is kind of interesting being <laughs> on the other side. Uh, but they're yeah, it's cool. They're they're still trying to work around the internal combustion. And engine squeeze problem, as much out of it as they possibly they, can. Uh, all I know is that Zach. Maskell, our over-the-edge guy, drove an aftermarket Mazda Miata EV. He said that thing was insane. It was so fast. Oh, it was yeah, like an yeah. electric drag racer. So I would have no problem with an electric Mazda, but I might be in the minority But there. you look at the technology here, and you look at what Nissan's doing with the variable compression engines, and you know the, everybody that thinks that gas engines are going to become – dinosaurs in the next uh i don't know 10 even 20 years there's still technology there's still innovation left in in these engines all right moving right along Uh, speaking of nissan maxima and the murano both got a refresh any uh look better look any new technology yeah they looked better they looked looked nice you know the designers came out on stage and and talked to the crowd which was interesting to hear sort of their thinking behind the new design 
which was interesting to hear. And yeah, they look great. I'm actually going to be driving both of them next week in Napa Valley. You are oh. busy, aren't you? I am you? really busy, yeah. Rack up, <laughs> rack, 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 up, rack up those freaking flyer miles. <laughs> but yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to see how they drive because I saw them up there on stage. I uh, saw the curtain uh, you know, lifted off of both of them. So there was a lot of excitement and hype for the car. So we'll see how they drive next week. A company that we thought was uh, basically doomed only a few years ago as surviving now as a part of Nissan, Mitsubishi, or at least part of their alliance. Uh, they showed an e-evolution concept. What is it? <laughs> well, it's the Evo name, which they've made. They've had a lot of success with, but it's basically yeah, but just it's like a, something other than it's, that. Yeah, yeah. People see it and go, uh, oh, oh. oh. <laughs> it worked for the Eclipse Cross. Come on. <laughs> no, but basically it's where, what Mitsubishi sees as their future. Um, rugged SUV, uh, battery powertrain. But it's also an autonomous vehicle. Yeah, yeah. So that's they're showcasing what they think they can do in the next few years. But I think maybe even bigger, like you said, Mitsubishi always seems like they're down, but they're never quite out. And they did take home green car or green SUV of the year with the Mitch, uh, Outlander, Outlander Hybrid PHEV. Really? Nice. Which was kind of I thought yeah. it was a nice win. For that's them. a pretty because yeah. they're that's not an uncrowded market, so that's they a are, good no, grab no. by and, them. You know the folks that we know that are EV oriented, they were long awaiting that to, to get on the market. Now I think Mitsubishi now is uh, at least in their alliance with Nissan is probably um, here to stay for a while. One of clearly one of the stars of the show and one that I would have been standing in the front row for was the uh, 2020 Porsche 911, the 992. Tell us all about it. I was in the front row for that one. They took us to the uh, Experience Center out in LA, and um, it was cool. They brought every single generation of 911 out before oh, it. Now that and, is and cool. Then they, uh, they brought and they that all out. look exactly the same. They, they, well, yeah, <laughs> the, the whole concept, like a Wrangler, it's all evolution. Yeah, yeah. There's something no, to be said for No, yeah, I'm but not the, Yeah, they, um, so they didn't actually come out with the base Carrera. They're coming right to the Carrera S, 443 base horsepower, uh, twin turbo, flat six. That's the three liter. Um, it's, I mean, you get into a Carrera 4S and you're talking low threes to 60. And this is just where we're at with cars now yeah uh they so stylistically like robinson said it's mostly the same but I, there's some sharper angles the thing that i really like is they brought back the creased like well, it's a hood but the front compartment cover right, right, right. like old 911s which i think is a really cool touch oh okay, they keep yeah. making the taillights like smaller and smaller yeah. like barely there now somebody pointed out <laughs> to me and now i can't look away is the uh they actually now have a 911 badge on the back so you have porsche in one font 911 in another font and Carrera and a S third, in a third font. Third font. Graphic designers, man. Interesting. <laughs> Going to be cringy. I thought that was a no-no, but apparently with the 911, you the can Stinger do did you the want. same thing. It had the Stinger badge and the Kia badge and the GT badge were three different fonts. You're like, well, but uh, only only people then in either graphics or in the media or visual would arts would know so. So yeah, interior is a huge improvement. There's a new uh, shifter. It's a lot less function. It's a simpler function, forward, backwards, kind of like those e-shifters mm -hmm. we have. Is uh, it? We it's not an e-shifter, though, is no, it? We, it's the same basic concept. Okay. It's like that little, like essentially a tab that okay. you push forward and back. Okay. And really, PDK is all you get right away. Eventually, there will be a seven-speed uh, manual as expected, but right now it's a new eight-speed unit. It is nicer on the inside. There's all kinds of new driver assistance, like uh, like I have wet mode. It has wet. sensors inside the wheel well, which will 
uh, read how much water is on the road and then act accordingly. It's just what you expect uh, from a 911. Yeah, exactly. So smart. All right, next. Uh, BMW, a couple of new vehicles. We already knew that the, uh, the 8 Series was back, but they added to that. Convertible. And the uh, big news for them, of course, is the long-awaited X7, their three-row three large SUV, sport activity vehicle. That's everything you expect it to be. Uh, look, BMW styling doesn't really blow me <laughs> away these days, but the interior is just magnificent. I sat in the back seat, and the, the electronically controlled seat does all kinds of stuff. And, I mean, it's it's big. It's big, and it's the SUV I think they wanted, and people who are into BMW are going to probably be happy with it. Yeah, they'll sell a ton of those things. This Big was the in. U.S. coming out of the 3 Series, but they did show a new model. M340i. And uh, over at their counterpart, Mercedes, their, um, most of the products they brought to L.A. we had already seen, but they did bring new AMG GT. That's another car that's hard to tell the difference uh between the previous gen and this one if i had the previous gen i'd be happy about that Uh, yeah i agree uh they've they put a new steering wheel in it they've added a like a cup a um i forget exactly what they call it but basically another like computer system to help with dynamics and uh lighter wheels but they did add a gt pro gtr pro version limited release which is the G- the AMG GTR, which we had in Roebling last year, Yes, is very track-oriented. And now they take it a step further with the Pro, you know, lighter wheels, different suspension setup. And, again, it's limited release, so not everybody is going to get one that wants one. I'm confused uh, about a lot of things. But I'm, <laughs> re- I'm, I'm really getting very confused about e-tron. There are oh, so I many know. of them. Oh, yes. But, the you know, anything electric basically interest people uh, buyers in california so here they show up with the new e-tron gt concept well it's confusing because is e-tron a model it's their or sub-brand. is it it's a sub brand mm-hmm. because sort we, of right so the new suv that we've already seen that audi is doing the e-tron suv i don't know what the official name of that is yet but it gets confusing because it's both a sub brand audi e-tron suv right yeah, something like that and so anyway I, we I'm should with know you. folks but our brains yeah, there's are... so much information that it's hard well, to keep and, it, and like you said well, it, they well, right, deliberately be, beyond that what what was it i mean decent range 250 miles which i think is a, a about what they did with their <coughs> e-tron suv um looks style does it i mean i thought it was it, it photographs well it's a beautiful car up close um yeah. it's they were making a big deal like comparing it to the s7 because it is that four-door coupe yeah. design and I it's mean, actually it sits lower than, a, looked, than an s7 looks like an i-pace in a way <clears throat> has that same kind of silhouette yeah but i mean it's from everything I heard from their internals and other journalists, it sounds like that's the concept is going to be pretty close to what we see in like two years when when they come out with a production yeah, if, version. If they can just get the stuff to market, I think it could be a big hit. You know, that's, it seems like we're con- we've been constantly hearing about Etron for years, and we're now finally seeing production. Big big star in L.A. Kia Soul, third generation. I heard the crowds, you couldn't get close to it. <laughs> Greg likes him some soul. I do love me some soul. I'm a soul man. <laughs> uh, it's about the same size, tiny bit longer. Uh, I thought it was even cooler looking than before. Which it's funny, how do you update in a design like that? They did a good job. Sometimes something that's on the quirky side of things like that 
it's hard to update. Well, I remember when the second generation came out, we kind of accused them of, of stepping back and losing some of the cool, but it hasn't hurt the popularity. They made it bigger, and that's what people wanted. Mm-hmm. Stephanie, did you they have up, a chance to get close to they it? They upped the cool factor for sure. It did, looks better. Did they have the hamsters more there? Modern. No, they <laughs> said know, there was no hamsters in sight. No more hamsters. That was no. Remember the commercials they used to have with the dancing hamsters? Well, they took it away, then they brought them back because yeah. everybody <laughs> missed them. They're going to do an EV version of it apparently as well. Yeah, well, they yeah, have they the one now. Yeah, they, had they have one it. now. But that's all. But this is a this is like the modern day EV we're talking. I don't yeah. think they officially released they numbers, but it has the same system as the Nero EV, which gets two hundred and thirty nine miles, which was also there. Yes, yeah, which was there as well in Europe. But which you would think, if you go to a dealership lot, would you buy either gas or EV? If you went to a dealer, would you buy the Soul or the Nero? I think they're different vehicles. I, mean, I, the, I agree. Yeah. The Nero is to me is a little is actually I can't believe I'm saying it. It seems like it's a little smaller, a little more manageable. Mm-hmm. They've got the soles kind of gotten bigger, but I don't know. That's me. We like the no, Nero. We like the Nero so much. Yeah. You know, in in almost any form. Uh, speaking of uh, the Hyundai Kia folks, uh, Palisade finally their second go at a three row SUV. Anything about it stand out that maybe they'll have more success this time than last? Yeah. Well, they had success. I mean, they we thought you're talking about the Veracruz, yeah, right. Well, then they just renamed the Santa Fe, <coughs> right? Their three row, which but did this, really well because it had the Santa Fe name on it. This is bigger. It's bigger than either oh, the Ver, uh, Veracruz or the, the right. Santa Fe. But now the Santa Fe is just back to a two row. Right. So try to keep up, folks. So most everybody, it's about the same size as a Pilot, my understanding, yeah. uh-huh. and uh, has the a similar style to what was it, the Telluride? That concept, yeah, the but Kia, right? and, and then if if you want to compare, that was it, Kia. Sorry, that's the same. Yeah, the yeah. Kia version of the same. Yeah, vehicle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you look at it from the front, it looks like a big Santa Fe, but the back is pretty much in a league of its own in, ter- in terms of Hyundai's. At least uh, I thought it looked like a pretty good luxurious vehicle Boy. for Hyundai, and it was massive. I sat in the <laughs> third row behind where I would have sat in the second row, and I had plenty of room. You know, they, they're getting big. I mean, we're, mm-hmm. we're now talking, you know, after driving this Atlas that we have on our long-term quite a bit, you know, you're right up there with, in Tahoe country, it seems it's like. It's beautiful interior, yeah. Napa leather. If you, I mean, this is top trim level we're talking mm-hmm. about, Napa leather, a push-button shifter, which I know we all have our feelings about, but I was impressed. It seems like it would be a great family vehicle, but I agree. It, it does seem a little bit larger than mm-hmm. it has to be. The grill was a little bit too too wide for face. my taste yeah. the grill was really you know you thing. couldn't avoid it yeah. <laughs> we should talk about that sometime but it did look very luxurious yeah. um for its price point speaking of looking luxurious and maybe a little further off um, uh rivian a company that most people have not heard of a technology company i think they're based in actually based in michigan they showed yes. up with two vehicles they've been developing and rumored about for a long time, a pickup truck and an SUV, the R1T pickup and the R1S SUV, both full electric. Look good on paper. What did you think when you saw them? Talking to a lot of other journalists, that was the one thing that every single one brought up was Rivian. Um, uh, the pickup truck was particularly cool because it had a front storage compartment, a frunk it had its bed and then like storage everywhere even behind the cab and near the bed you could open up a compartment and slide in like a tent or any long skinny object and it had a fold down partition between the bed and the mm-hmm. interior are they more interested in actually producing this thing or they want one of the big three to buy their technology 
Right now, they're talking about building it themselves. But I think that's it. I think that's a very good question. Yeah. I looked at the numbers, and something's not lining up. You know, they're talking four hundred mile range and quad motor all wheel drive, and then they're spitting out like sixty thousand dollar pricing. It's I, I don't know. I'll believe it when it's on a dealership lot. I'm excited. I think it's cool, but until it's actually on the road, I well, mean, just remember. That $60 might be a base stripper that they never make. Right. Yeah. That, that could be a 200 mile range, you know, two motor all, you know. But 60 is nothing for a pickup no, anymore. Not, no. Well, right. But that's the thing. If a gas pickup costs 60 grand, how on earth are you going to build an EV pickup for that kind of money? I mean, this is going to be a six figure truck, is my prediction. But I'm still excited, but I'm also tempering that with would a little a, bit of would doubt. Would a classic truck person buy it? With any well, Ford, Chevy, or yeah. I don't think that's who they're so. going. It's yeah. not. Yeah. They're going after, uh, yeah. you know, somebody uh, that you know has a. I don't want a medium buy a duty uh, personal use truck like a Honda or something. Right. Uh, Ridgeline. I'll just shut up. Yeah. Now. No, no. I, <laughs> please, please. But I think they really got it right. Everything about it is so now, right now. This is what a lot of customers are looking for, from the design to uh, the performance. I just thought it was awesome. Definitely one of my favorite vehicles there. But did it look like it was ready to be driven? It was still looked very concepty, right? There, yeah, it did, really, but I could yeah. definitely see it on you the streets see in the California. In yeah, well, I maybe you know, Florida. I think you could see it on the, on the roads around here. If it's in Florida. It'll we be in we, a ditch. we hear a lot from some of our viewers, but you know, almost. <laughs> I Sorry, bet thirty percent of the vehicles we get in here now, if not more, have some kind of electrification, you know, to them. So it's, oh yeah, we're always charging stuff. It's out creeping in. Yeah. As a matter of fact, we're almost to the point where we need another charger. Yeah, that yeah, was yeah, actually going to be my rant: is that people park, keep parking That's in front of the Motor Week charger. We had three of them the other week. We had three, yeah. literally <laughs> fighting yeah. for for charge yeah, for juice. And if we're do if that's happening here, I wonder what's going on out in the real world. All right, that's our wrap up <laughs> of the uh, 2018 LA Auto Show. It was a terrific show by everybody's standards, and showed that auto shows, despite what a lot of car makers say, can pay off with big publicity uh, if they do it right. We're going to move on real quick to our viewer question. And speaking of EVs, this bill asked. Who is going to pay the gas tax to fix the roads if everyone buys electric cars? Mm. Okay, what do you think? I'm sure the government's way ahead of you on this one, Bill. They're <laughs> going to get their money. Don't worry about it. <laughs> They've been talking for years about making all of us pay based on how much we drive per year. You know, there's little insurance forms you fill out with what your uh, mileage is supposed to put down, how many miles you've driven every year. You know, I can easily see the government either requiring us to do that when you register a vehicle and charging you tax on that, or frankly, probably a chip inside the car that tells yeah. them directly to make sure everybody tells the truth. I don't know about how I feel about that. But yeah, there was, there was. I did a little research, there was a, a representative in Wyoming, John Barrasso, who proposed adding a highway user fee to oh, it's, EV drivers. It's going to come for everybody, I think. So he's he's on the... Uh, he's definitely on top of that, like Brian said. They'll get their money. For instance, in our home state of Maryland, they passed uh, a gas tax, and they thought they were doing the smart thing by making it tied, uh, 6% tied so to the price of the gas. Well, gas has gone down almost continuously since then, so they're actually probably taking in no more, if not less, revenue than they were before when it was a fixed amount. Yeah, they did that right when gas prices started to skyrocket. Yeah. Like you just see all the money rolling in. But and, uh, they'll get it one way or another. One just, way or another. Like, so, uh, Bill, don't, you worry, about that. don't worry. Yeah. You'll get 
fleece no matter what. Similar to in our state as well with the uh, alcohol, alcohol and tobacco tax. You know, cigarette sales are way down, so they keep raising the tax, you know, so they get the same amount of money. Just people are paying more and more and more cigarettes. I have to tell you, and this is my soapbox, I think we missed uh, and are missing another opportunity in this country when gas prices are cheap to go ahead and put a national gas tax on it and pay for infrastructure. But um, I know I'm talking to the wind there. And rant and rave, since we just really sort of did that. Anyone got anything else that they're happy or sad about during this holiday season? The fact that people are driving even crazier than usual. Yeah, well, I was I was mad because I came in the other day to plug in our pl- our Nero, and somebody else had parked a, a Jeep Trackhawk in front of the of EV charger. Last, one of the last cars. possible vehicles you want to have. And I'm like, oh dear, I'm becoming one of those pretentious EV drivers. It was <laughs> sorry, Joe, I, already, felt, I always felt you were that way. Yeah, whoever decided to put it there shouldn't have put it where VIP parking is. So. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's going to happen. I can hear the passive-aggressive arguments (laughs) happening now. With that, we will bring to a close our podcast 194, mostly about the L.A. Auto Show. I'm John Davis. Thanks for everybody here at Motor Week. And by the way, if you watch Motor Week on your local public television stations, thank you very much. And if you watch us on the new Motor Trend Network, we appreciate that as well. No, you did. Basically, you can always uh, catch us on our website at motorweek.org. Over at PBS, you can watch full episodes. And YouTube, see our, YouTube and see our pictures from and, the LA Auto Show. Those see, are on the website too. And they're on our Twitter pages uh, all. Yeah. If it's out there, if you can get it out there, Motor Week is part of your day. We thank you very much. Until next time, I'm John Davis for all of us at Motor Week. Have a great holiday season. You have been listening to the podcast of Motor Week, television's original automotive magazine. Motor Week is made possible by TireRack.com, WeatherTech and by Rainex, Hum by Verizon, and State Farm.